1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. I am Dr. Marianne Pinkston in San Antonio, Texas, and I can be found on multiple platforms. So I've got my podcast, which is YouTube and on iTunes, Spotify, all the platforms, iHeartMedia. You can also, iHeartRadio, uh, excuse me, you can also go to my website, drpbetterlife.com, and find information on all of my uh, the platforms, the links to my platforms, all of my previous guests. I've had a lot of great guests. It's been a long, good year, and we're growing and doing wonderful. So thank you all out there for listening. And of course, I am on San Antonio Radio here in uh, 930-KLUP. That is 930, The Answer. And thank you, guys, Salem, here for having me. So last week, I talked a little bit about leaky gut. And For those of you who didn't listen or maybe just didn't get a chance to hear, leaky gut is a condition where we recognize that your immune system's primary functions start with your intestine, believe it or not, your large intestine. So your gut, though, begins from your mouth all the way down to where things come out. And it is highly, highly functional. It's not just something that eliminates toxins. It is a highly smart and functional organ, but it has its problems. And most of you realize that when it gives you problems, you get things like acid reflux. You get a lot of bloating and discomfort after you eat foods or not eat foods, or you can go either way. Some people have a lot of trouble with Go into the restroom, maybe having diarrhea right after a meal. Or some people can go a week or two without even going to the bathroom sometimes. And that is probably the most uncomfortable of all, except for acid reflux. So I wanted to spend a few minutes. That was something I didn't get to touch on last time. So I'm going to touch on it today because I think the majority of you out there, I would say probably 70% of people experience acid reflux. So acid reflux. When you go and, you know, see your doctor, what do they do? They hand you a prescription for one of the PPIs or proton pump inhibitors or things like Nexium, Pepsid is is a, a different type. It's not a PPI, but they'll give you something to, you know, calm the stomach acid. So my theory is a little bit different and I'm not sure anybody really can test at least test in a way that's comfortable and, and inexpensive but we really don't test for acid reflux. Somebody comes in and says, oh, I feel this bitter fluid that comes up in my mouth, or I wake up at night choking. You know, some of you, if you wake up at night just choking and you think that, you know, maybe you were snoring or something, just not breathing, or, you know, you wake up gasping, that is actually fluid from your stomach that comes up and chokes you, and then it's gone by the time you wake up. So sometimes you really don't know that acid reflux is happening. Some people don't wake up choking. They just don't wake up necessarily, but it happens all night long. So there are two things you need to understand about acid and the term acid reflux. You know, doctors will say that you make too much stomach acid. In actuality, I do not believe that. I don't believe that we make too much. We're supposed to make stomach acid. So when you eat a meal and it goes into your stomach, you're supposed to produce stomach acid. That stomach acid kind of initiates a digestive enzyme complex that digests your food and then gets it out of there. And your food is supposed to move through as quickly as possible. When that, you know, that food hits, some people really don't make enough stomach acid, and some people don't initiate their enzymes or digestive enzymes. So when they don't do that, then food sits in the stomach, and it churns in that warm, dark environment And so what happens to you later is you get regurgitation of fermented food. So it just churns in there and ferments. Lovely thought, I know. Sorry, we're going to talk about something that doesn't sound real great, but I really want you to understand. Because you can take then one of the anti-acid medications and it will calm down that pain and prevent that burning from the fermented food, but it does not help you digest your food. In fact we feel that you miss out on some of the important nutrients that you should be getting from your food because it's not breaking down well and it's not breaking down in a timely fashion. So, you know, this theory that we make too much stomach acid to me does not make sense. Of course we're supposed to make stomach acid, but we're supposed to move it out quickly. Now, I said there were two parts, right? So the second part of acid reflux is that you have got a little valve. It sits at the top of your stomach at the end of your esophagus. So you eat a meal and it goes all the way down the food tube, your esophagus, and it hits the stomach. But right before it hits the stomach, it has to pass a little valve. So that valve is supposed to close off the stomach, not allow any contents to come back up. And if that is a little bit loose or weakened, then food is going to come back up. So that's the second part. Now, if you have things like, Ketchup, you'll say tomato sauce-based things, so pizza, spaghetti sauce, anything tomato sauce-based. Citrus products, if you smoke, if you drink alcohol on a regular basis, if you uh, consume a lot of caffeine, those are the major players that play into the acid coming back up more easily and loosening that sphincter. So if you have trouble with certain foods, loosening that sphincter, in that valve, or if you just don't make enough stomach acid, then you've got the double whammy and you're in trouble. And that is a part of leaky gut. So last week when I talked about leaky gut, I talked about the fact that you have to have a nice balance of bacteria in the intestine and you have to have a closure of the wall of the intestine. If the wall of the intestine develops little leaky channels, then food particles and toxins and things like that can pass through, get into your uh, bloodstream. Your immune system finds that and says that's foreign material, like a bacteria or virus, and it will turn and start to attack that. In that attack, it attacks and attacks and attacks because there's food particles, you know, being exposed all day long. Then your immune system eventually, with so much inflammation, will turn and attack you. So, it is a channel all the way from the mouth, you know, as we use mouthwashes and brush our teeth with, you know, scope based, alcohol based, anything, you know, that is uh, based to clean the mouth and get rid of bacteria. Well, you are getting rid of bacteria from your mouth all the way down, and you are disabling your mechanism of controlling leaky gut. And that is why the stomach and the esophagus become, and the small intestine become part of this. So, what do you do? When I have patients who come in who are so sick and just in so much pain from acid reflux, especially when they lay down at night, you know, part of what you can do is avoid those foods late at night. Try not, Actually, it could be part of your intermittent fasting, trying to lose weight is not to eat after seven o'clock. And if you can put a couple of bricks or even even if you have to get as high as a cinder block underneath the head of your bed, that will elevate your bed about 30 degrees and that will allow gravity to pull fluid back down and not allow it to go up so high. So most of you out there, do you walk around and there's really no allergens in the air, but you walk around with a lot of mucus and, you know, kind of drainage and, you know, you're having to clear your throat all the time and, you know, forget the African dust that we have in the air right now. But if you have to do that all the time year-round, you probably have acid reflux at night. You probably have leaky gut. A lot of people will use anti-allergy medications not realizing that they need to fix their acid reflux. And you don't feel it. It just comes up at night. You don't necessarily feel it. Some people do choke and wake up, and, you know, they don't notice the fluid there. They may feel the burn, but sometimes it's, you know, it's just not very obvious. So what do you do about it? You know, if you're going to replace the stomach acid, uh, you said it. So I heard you say out there, what? You're going to give me stomach acid, but I'm trying to get rid of the acids. No. You don't have enough acid. So there is a way very naturally to replace your stomach acid and to replace the digestive enzymes. And so there's always I have a product. I don't sell things, guys. It's it's not, you know, there are times where I'll sell a little bit, but it's mostly just to get some good pricing. I'll join a uh, a company or something just to get good pricing for my patients. And if I make enough to, to buy a box of pens at the end of the month, and I'm lucky. But some of these things, you know, you want to concentrate on some of the factors that I said last week on treating your gut. And I posted all that on my website. I'm also going to post this today, or as this airs, I will post about the digestive enzymes and the uh, acid that you can use to replace what you're missing. And two, you want to avoid those foods that I mentioned. So tomato-based products, citrus products, too much alcohol, any really... Caffeine, so sodas and things like that, and smoking, those are the major ones. And then also lift the head of your bed at night in order to uh, keep the fluid down your stomach. But you would, you know, if you're in a lot of pain, you have a lot of inflammation, then we can use one of the anti-reflux medications for a week or two. And then we can stop those, and I can start then the process of replacing your stomach acid and your digestive enzymes with a very simple supplement with very simple instructions, and I'll have all that. Now, please, ask your doctor. If I am not your doctor, you must run these things by your doctor because you could have something very significant going on and need an endoscopy from a a GI doctor, a gastroenterologist, or a colonoscopy, so we don't want to avoid any alarm symptoms in which we need some testing done to check these things out. So please, run this by your doctor. But again, if this is something that's been going on for a while, it's very simple, you've been on PPI a long time, then I, these are things that you can use, and I can have this on my website and take a look and see if this is something that might help you. Also, I recommend Dr. Josh Axe, so dot com. That is a great website to find a lot of information on more natural ways of healing your uh, health. And I know people go to WebMD and, and go to a lot of health uh, health links on the you know on Google. But the best way to do it is to hit something a little bit more integrative, and that is Josh Axe. So D R A X E dot com, and I'll have that on. My, it actually is already on my website. You can go. So my website is D R P. BetterLife.com. Go take a look and see if you can uh, get some idea about what to do about your acid reflux. And I want to move a little bit into uh, kind of phase two here of something with leaky gut. But first, before I do that, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that occurs in your gut called fatty liver. One in three South Texans have fatty liver, and they have no idea. And fatty liver is where it takes you know a long period of time for the fats and the fat tissues to enter into the liver, kill the individual liver cells, replace it with fat tissue, and that can lead to scarring and cirrhosis down the road. So I went to go get my fibro scan from Pinnacle Clinical Research. Uh, They are one of my sponsors. And so I'm going to give you a couple of numbers, and you can also go to my website, drpbetterlife.com, and you can find information in the sponsor section. But you can also go to pinnacleresearch.com. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. Their number is uh, in San Antonio, 210-529-7978, and in Austin, 512-601-5788. That's pinnacleresearch.com. You know how to spell pinnacle, P-I-N-N. A-C-L-E research.com. All right. So the second part of this talk with leaky gut is going to be something called SIBO or SIBO, tomato, tomato, either way you want to go with it. i call it SIBO. So SIBO are the letters S-I-B-O and it is small intestinal bowel overgrowth, bacterial overgrowth, excuse me, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So SIBO is something that happens when bacteria get into your small intestine. You're not supposed to have bacteria in your small intestine. So when you get bacteria there, the the overgrowth can cause you to have a lot of loose stools and diarrhea. So when you eat a meal and in the middle of the meal have to get up and run to the bathroom, usually that's what's going on. Now, there's celiac disease. There's, you know, all sorts of uh, food intolerances. There are many, many things that can cause this to happen. But SIBO is something that is way, way overlooked. So I know people will go out to the grocery store and buy probiotics. And they'll take probiotics to replenish the bacteria in it. And most people don't really know what they're doing. They take a probiotic. Everybody says, "Oh, take a probiotic. It's good for you. So a probiotic is there to replenish your bowel health and to get the bacteria into the large intestine. It takes a very long time. So you can't just take a probiotic for a couple of days or a week or two weeks and then expect to be in better shape. It takes a very long time. After all the antibiotics and stressors and, you know, the pesticides and foods and things that we do to kill out all the bacteria in our large intestine, then, you know, we start to replenish it. It takes some time to get all that back, especially if you keep taking antibiotics. That's why I don't use very many antibiotics in my practice until we absolutely need them. Doctors have overused them for absolutely years. So when that when people start to take bad probiotics, that we usually overtake one type. Probiotics need to have several different types in, involved. And there's you know many different names. This is information you can find on Josh Jacks, so doctoracks.com. You can also go to drpbetterlife.com. And again, I'll leave those websites. And I will also leave a couple of versions of probiotics that are good. Again, I'm not here to make money, but here to just feed you information and good resources so you can find something that is reputable and highly recommended. And so with that, they should have at least about five to seven different types. They should also contain something that's a prebiotic. Prebiotics are natural substances like oregano, and there's others, that help to improve the function of the bacteria in your mouth because you're swallowing bacteria all day. And so you want the bacteria there to be healthy. But you also want to feed your upper intestinal system and make sure that that provides a healthy environment for absorbing foods and absorbing food through uh, minerals and and things uh, to break down and to continue to go through the large intestine. So in that... Small, so if when you take a bad probiotic, or if you take a, some people, will grab shakes and they'll add probiotics to their shakes, or you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. If you're not taking the right type, sometimes it can populate into your small intestine. When it does that, then that is what creates a very in, inflamed environment, and then you can start to have diarrhea and problems. So, if you have that often, There is a medication that I can prescribe that is basically an antibiotic, but it's an antibiotic for the bad bacteria in your stomach, not the good bacteria. So it'll kill out the bad, leave the good, clean out the small intestine, and allow you to set up a good, you know, at least base for new probiotics to go in and to start to uh, populate. And that, again, will take many months to sometimes years after all the damage that we've done to it. So that is something you need to keep in mind. And that uh, antibiotic is called zyfaxin So it's X-I-F-A-X-I-N. And it has been on the market for quite some time. It's used in liver problems. But we found out that it has this great effect on your GI system. So if you have a lot of trouble with irritable bowel, especially in the diarrhea type, then that is something that your doctor can prescribe to you. And you take it three times a day for 14 days, usually within a couple of days It improves overall. But again, I ask you please to go talk to your doctor about your symptoms and what you're having. Make sure that you get a thorough checkup. Stay with all your screenings, especially at 45 and older. Or if you're having some alarming symptoms that aren't getting better with some of the usual things that you've tried over the counter, it's time to go see your doctor. All right, we are going to take a short break and come back on the other side. I've got a few more things to talk about leaky gut wise, and we'll be right back.
2: fatty liver is linked to two different situations alcohol and diabetes or obesity in both cases patients can have no symptoms in the united states and in particular texas the most common cause of liver disease in general is non-alcoholic fatty liver Again, associated with overweight, obesity, and or diabetes. Additional risk factors include high cholesterol, high blood pressure, Hispanic ethnicity, and postmenopausal status. At Pinnacle Clinical Research, we offer a quick, non-invasive, ultrasound-based screening assessment called FibroScan. This test is done at no cost to you, and we do not take insurance. The test will measure the fat and stiffness in your liver and state your risk and development of fatty liver disease. You will meet with a provider immediately following your scan to go over your results. If you're interested in getting more information on your liver health, please call 210-982-0320 and schedule your FibroScan today. We are conveniently located in the Medical Center at 5109 Medical Drive.
1: Welcome back. Thank you for tuning back in on the other side here. After our break, I've been talking about leaky gut, been talking about acid reflux and something called SIBO, uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So I talked a little bit about using zyfaxin to kill some of the bacteria that is in the lower part of your intestinal system. What about if you have a bacterial infection in the upper part? So H. pylori. H. pylori is something that is kind of a buzzword these days, and everybody's checking for H. pylori, and, you know, H. pylori causes cancer, and okay, so something that, as integrative doctors that we have learned, is that not all viruses, not all bacterias are terrible for us, honestly, so COVID is, yes, but we have talked about EBV, H. pylori, some of these other you know, viruses and bacterias that exist. When we die and we're in our elderly age, our body is 70% viral and bacterial DNA. And it is absolutely phenomenal that we can actually change up our DNA. A lot of these things are meant to make us stronger and better. So it's not always a bad thing. Now, some of these infections can reactivate themselves and you can get sick again. Or some of these uh, can cause, kind of maybe encourage some cell overgrowth or cancer in the stomach. So we don't exactly know who is more susceptible to some of these bacteria and viruses than others. So H. pylori, in some cases, can have a beneficial effect. So you don't want to just wipe out H. pylori. It's it's out there. Everybody, you know, I'm touching my phone, the tables, and it's out there. And a lot of us have been exposed. Some of our bodies don't really take it in and let it uh, grow in our system. Some do, and it gets populated, and it actually winds up being a, a symbiotic or a good relationship with us. And some take it in, and bad things happen. And that is the way all viruses and bacteria are. So, you don't want to just widespread kill things out. When doctors give you medication to kill this, they give you several antibiotics, several PPIs, and the anti reflux medications. And so, they really wipe out your good bacteria in your gut. And that is not, that to me is more dangerous than H. pylori. So it's something that needs to be individualized, and it needs to be help you know taken care of with delicate care, because it's not always a bad thing, and you, you really got to weigh the pros and the cons of what you're what you're doing. So that's H pylori. It's a little bit deeper than that. It would take me a whole show to go through it, but I know that that is something important people have heard, and I wanted to touch base on that so that you kind of understand uh, what what we look at. The other thing that I want to leave you with as well is on the probiotics and the, you know, um, the supplements that we use, nothing can work well without the basics. So you need to go back to your basic nutrition. You need to go back and you need to eat the things that supply healthy fiber. Fiber is extremely important. Not only does it lower cholesterol, but it also helps clean the inside of your colon. There's some great studies that show it has some prevention in colon cancer, but it also prevents you from getting uh, constipated, and so fiber is extremely important. The type of fiber is important, too. That is also something else that I can leave for you on my website so that you understand the different types of fibers. So as well as making sure you get fiber, make sure that you get zinc and vitamin D. So vitamin D, I am always harping on vitamin D. I think vitamin D is one of the number one things that we need to take. Most people will go out and buy a vitamin D supplement, but D cannot be without K2. Everybody is purchasing, you know, vitamin D2, D3, taking these higher dosages. Nobody's vitamin D is going up. You know, we do get plenty of sun. There's plenty of sources for it. But the problem is K2. So I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. K2 is a vitamin that we don't make and it's no longer in our food. So you have to pair it with vitamin D. For vitamin D to be accepted into the receptor and to get you know uh, changed into the forms that we need for it to work, you have to have K2. So if you're taking your vitamin D without K2, you're doing absolutely nothing for your, uh, for yourself and getting your vitamin D up. So, all right. Well, that is leaky gut part two. I want to give you a little bit of information about where you can find me here in San Antonio. So you can always call the office at 210 698 7825, we do see patients with insurance, and with that, we are not very expensive. I do a lot of hormone replacement therapy, and it's natural, and it's wonderful, so please give us a call if you would like to have a consult on hormone replacement therapy. But also we see things like diabetes and and uh, cholesterol, thyroid, all those things that are kind of the regular family practice things that I see. But I do also a lot with weight loss and hormones and autoimmune and more integrative style type of medicine. So I'm out in Northwest San Antonio at ten eight six five Shanefield Road, Suite eleven oh one, and it's two one zero six nine eight seven eight two five. You can also go to Pinkston Family Practice sa.com, But I would love for you to listen to my past shows and go to drpbetterlife.com. That's where you can find all of the links to the platforms for YouTube and for um, the iTunes and Spotify and all of the uh, media platforms. You can also find a blog and tons of information on past guests and all of my sponsors from Pinnacle Research to PD Labs. And you can find more and more information of anything that uh, that we've talked about in the past. Please go back and listen to our past shows. Subscribe and share. Get me out there. And guys, thank you very much. Have a great week.
0: You've been enjoying the Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for the Better Life with Dr. Pinkston.